Hello everyone, welcome to Struggle Session. I am your host, Leslie Lee III. As always, I am joined by my co-host, Jack Allison. Before we get into today's show, as a reminder, make sure to give us those five-star ratings on iTunes, on your apps. And if you haven't yet, please subscribe to us at sesh.plus or patreon.com slash struggle session. Thank you to our new subscribers this week, Cord, Ryan, Andrew, Alexandra, Zachary, and Eric. We appreciate your support so much. So Jack, what did you think about Dune 2021? Well, it's interesting, Leslie. Um, uh, you know, I, I think that, I actually think watching this movie, everyone has said for so long that like Dune is unfilmable and Dune is impossible to adapt. And watching this movie, it actually made me feel like you could adapt Dune. Um, I think the big problem with this movie um, is that it actually like isn't a movie story. I think Denny Villain <laughs> Villeneuve like made a big problem, made a big mistake here in adapting a book that actually is like a very traditional sort of hero saves the day story, you know, where someone goes from being kind of, you know, having character flaws and then grows to overcome them and becomes, you know, better, like very traditional movie stuff. He took that and lopped it, you know, right down the middle. Um, and yes. made it so that this movie ended up being like, you know, while in some ways a, a, a faithful adaptation, you know, maybe in some ways too much a faithful adaptation. You know, uh, I yes. feel like a lot of time was wasted and it kind of ends up as an unsatisfying movie because it doesn't. Like, it's not a movie. It actually doesn't have an ending. Um, and also, you know, one of the things that, like, drives me crazy about this is that Warner has not pre-greenlit Dune Part 2. So Denis so Villeneuve, Denis Villeneuve, like, insisted that he get to make it as a two-parter, but then didn't get them to pre-agree to doing two parts. So if this bombs, like, it's only this weird half movie <laughs> that he got to put out. It's so funny. He's actually in the interview saying, um, well, I hope we get to make a second one. <laughs> I'm like, what are you doing? Like, here's the thing, you know, and the other thing about it that drives me crazy is that I'm like, Dune is even built for that. Like, if you did the full Dune story, you could still be out there saying like, well, I hope we get to do Children of Dune. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> there is more Dune story to do. It's just so bizarre. And as I was watching the movie, you know, a lot of it, well, I was going to say a lot of it is pretty, and I do think a lot of the shots are pretty, but man, I do not like, it's so desaturated and so digital color graded that it's it's even hard to appreciate some of the nice cinematography uh, in the movie. Yeah, I actually did um, a thread of Dune versus Dune versus Dune comparing all three versions, the 1984 uh, Lynch version, the 2000 Sci-Fi Channel version, mm -hmm. and the uh, Dune 2021 version. And people are saying, I'm sending it to you now, Jack. People are saying like, man, I don't want to go see the movie now. I, <laughs> and that was not my intention at all. In fact, I think 
there i mean i i just was trying to show different the same scene yeah filming the same story three different ways because yeah. i think that's kind of interesting uh well i, I wasn't I trying to like put down the movie i just thought it was an interesting thing to uh, comparison i mean i'm looking at your thread right now and right after watching the movie uh, right after i finished watching it i put on the sci-fi channel you know the one from the year 2000 i put on the yeah. sci-fi channel and you know the Sci-Fi Channel one is a miniseries, so it actually has pretty similar pacing to this movie. Which, by the way, this is a two. Wait, wait, and actually, a half- Jack. Yeah. Well, Jack, let me say how similar the pacing is. The sto- the minute time that the film ends on, th- is the exact minute point where they get to the uh, same story point wow. in the miniseries. It's the they spend exact same amount of time covering the same story. But of course, when you watch that miniseries. You get so many more characters, well, so much more texture, so much thing, more stuff from the book. It's wild. The other thing is that a miniseries, they've already greenlit the ending. When yes. you do a miniseries, <laughs> they're saying you get to do all the episodes of the miniseries. You know what I mean? This has like miniseries pacing, you know, um, and 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 I ultimately think that it kind of doesn't work. I really like actually I in the first like 20 minutes I was like maybe I kind of like this new dune, you know. During the first part of the movie I was kind of like okay, maybe this is all right. I don't think Timothy Chalamet is a particularly compelling actor. Not and, at all. And I do think some of this stuff is like worse than was in the sci-fi miniseries. Oh, absolutely. But I liked, but I liked seeing the weird I liked the weird royal stuff and I liked that they were kind of showing the other planets. I liked the the royal procession coming to like award them Arrakis right at the start of the movie. But that's all start of the movie stuff. Like you can't get away from doing, you know, stuff that starts the movie. When you get into you know, past the halfway point in this movie, it is just aimless. And I swear to God, he was just like straight adapting every moment from the book. And like if they asked why this was in the movie, he'd like point to the paragraph in the book showing it was in the book. But I don't know. He, like he actually leaves out a ton from the book. Like, does. for example, the character Lady Jessica, who, as YB pointed out to me, YB got to see this movie early and uh, YB gave the first uh, correct review of this wow. film uh, and she's just reduced to this weepling shambling mess who spends most of the movie like bowing even to her own son Yeah, she was the like the pro- she's the protagonist of the yeah. Dune universe she's the one who sets <laughs> the thing the path in motion who shortens the way the Kwisatz Haderach she's the one yeah. who does all the shit and in the, in the TV series she's definitely the protagonist Yes, you feel uh, for the- you definitely feel, you know, that she's a main character there. Another thing missing, and this is even just I just was watching like you don't even get like a scene of like the like the Duke and Lady Jessica together. You don't know that she's the concubine and he's mad they just that say he's it. neighbor they just say to marry her. Times. You don't really you don't feel it. Like there's right. like it's supposed this movie Dune is like a romance as well, and there's like no it's, it's, it's like romance it's like, or chemistry or Dune s- certainly no like, sex in it. It's Dune is almost like, you know, like stories of myth or something. You know what I mean? Because it's all these royal homes, and these, you know, this this sort of like heightened thing. 
Yeah, I don't know. Another thing I was missing, and tell me maybe if I miss it in the movie, but I didn't see that they had the navigators in the movie. As I was rewatching the sci-fi one, we cut to the fucking navigators, which are so cool. Weird, like, you know, vampire beast men who've been transformed by spice. We don't get any of, like, the... The cooler sort, they, they're trying to sort of make it Game of Thrones. Like, they don't want any of the, like, weirder, more alien stuff in there. Yeah, which, I mean, and Lynch led with that uh, famous, like, that navigator in the beginning of his film looks ama- astonishing right now. I don't know how the fuck he did it. It looks amazing. And it's just so striking, like, like how weird he immediately got. Now, the Lynch film has problems. I have no idea sure. why he thought he needed to put the voiceovers of the thoughts of really obvious things <laughs> like like the voiceover is like oh, my son is still alive like i i don't think he oh, did i think that's like the studio he turned in something incomprehensible and they like uh, wanted to make it have narrative so they got him to come in and record a bunch of vo same as like you know same as what Blade, they did with Blade, harrison ford Blade, and Blade runner Blade yeah runner. but it's it and in the dune it doesn't make any sense because it's voiceovers that like don't even like help the narrative it just makes everything look like farcical which is i mean when you're doing dune and you're having all these people these shakespearean actors in these costumes it's very easy for it just to come across as completely ridiculous and silly which of course it is yeah. uh the dune uh, the lynch's version i think just goes a bit too far the sci-fi channel version man it really just kind of hits the sweet spot it's for good me. it's very weird it's i was i was re-watching it again and it's so phantom menace inspired it's like they like they saw Phantom Menace oh, and they're yeah. like, we could do this like on television. Like it's all CG backdrops. But what's extra cool about it is that the graphics aren't as good. It's like CD-ROM 3D in the background. It's like them standing in front of a window and there's a ship just carrying like spheres on it. Yeah, it's fun. and all, But also there are some great sets and costumes yeah. and some shit in it frankly, that I think you know, looks better than Villeneuve's. I and think, also you know, Paul a Atreides as a character, you know, I was just in so rewatching much it. Better. I'm like, yeah, in the beginning of the movie, he needs to change. He's like kind of spoiled, you know. We understand where he's coming from, too. He's a better sort of more relatable viewpoint character. He's a kid who doesn't want to move and his like dad is making him move. I don't get any sense of that in the new one. I don't get any sense of him like not wanting to go to Arrakis or doing anything other than like what his duty requires him. Yeah, yeah, I want to talk about how the how this the film begins versus how uh, the TV show begins because the TV show actually looks at the Dune story and is very loving to it, but it skips Caladan and says, you know what? We don't need to spend yeah. any time on this planet. There's no point to it. We're going to start with Paul on, on on his way to the planet. And that's such a lively beginning. The, the vision that he has where it's very, you know, fast cut and actually feels like a nightmare that he's having. For some mm-hmm. reason, the beginning of this one, like the nightmare he has is so slow paced. I actually didn't know <laughs> it was like supposed to be like a prophetic like, a dream? vision. It just seemed yeah. like the beginning of the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, very. But uh, just the way the Sci-Fi Channel was able did change a lot of stuff from the book, but in ways that just made the narrative stronger, made it work. I don't feel like Denny Villeneuve. He cut a lot of stuff out, but he didn't really. He didn't seem like he was like trying to improve anything or had anything to say. Do it. He was trying to like do it, but and I feel like he came up with this idea that it had to be a two-parter sort of before figuring out why it needed to be a two-parter because really if you look at this movie and i was looking at the the runtime of it i'm like 
we are at like an hour and a half into the movie when the Harkonnens like attack and, you know, defeat, you know, the Atreides on uh, and that is really uh, on Arrakis. And that is really like kind of an end of the first act moment you know what i yeah. mean like yeah that is absolutely the thing that's supposed to happen and that's what is so upsetting about this is like i was thinking about the plot of dune while i was watching this and i was like you have taken what is like yes it's very dense and yes it's very sci-fi and heightened and everything but the plot of dune is a really traditional yeah. like sort of <laughs> kid becomes a hero type of <laughs> plot and you take that and decide for some reason to like add a bunch of fat and a bunch of sequences where they're just like sitting there and you're like racking focus and shit like that. I'm like, I felt like watching this movie, I was like, wow, Dune is not unfilmable, but for some reason, Denis Villeneuve like decided not to film the whole thing. Like if this movie was, and by the way, it's two and a half hours long, like make a three hour movie. If you want to do an epic, like make a three hour long Dune you know that but that ends you know in a way where the character we've watched grows and becomes a hero this one just ends in like so clearly the middle of the story so clearly the end of an episode and it's really really unsatisfying even franchise movies like even marvels and even like like think about like the hunger games like those are oh, franchise yeah. movies designed to have sequels but every one of them has an ending you know, that's like satisfying. Even if it's like a false finish, is a still a finish. Yeah, there's still more world out there, but there's an ending and our characters like grow and get to do something heroic. This just like they find the uh, the Fremen and it just like peters out. Just to tell you how bad the structure is in this movie, it's like he meets the love interest like five minutes before the end <laughs> the of the end movie. Of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Zendaya is like, they, they could recast her and nobody would notice for the sequel. She's I think barely... they might have to. I, I, I think that this might flop. I really do. I, you, you know, think they I, might do a, like a divergent where they do like a beat, like a, like a direct to video sequel uh, to like finish the, off I the story. I don't know. Lesser actors. I thought Shang-Chi was going to bomb, so I don't have any fucking clue about anything that happens in this world but just looking at this movie it's so weird and and pretty much humorless you know what i mean which does fit for dune but i don't know like i kind of feel like i just don't see this movie being like a crossover hit i think it's like too weird and it doesn't even have the like good feelings you're supposed to get walking out of a movie. Like if it was so weird, but then like you still feel like at the end, like, holy shit, the good guys like won and there was a yeah. big battle that kicked ass. It, like, I think like people that haven't read the book are going to watch this and be like, that didn't make sense. And it like <laughs> ended super weird and like unsatisfying. Yeah, absolutely. Um, like, like you say, it could have been a three hour movie. Uh, David uh, Lynch's, uh, extended version it's three hours and it's the whole book more or less and listen lynch's is flawed and it's very weird and i don't know if lynch is the best pick to do dune you know what i mean i appreciate that movie and i like it as like he he did his version of dune or whatever but yeah i think that this idea that you can't tell the dune story in less than like five hours while still cutting a bunch of stuff i'm like i i 
you watch this knowing that he said it had to be two parts and I'm like watching it and I'm like this is two and a half hours every moment I'm watching I'm like he was feeling that this had to be in you know what I mean <laughs> like every moment that I'm like this is just really like languishing and taking its time way too much like he was insisting this was in it, uh, and let's talk and let, let's talk about you know the visuals because I feel like we've given them short shrift here sure as I said, I did the thread where I compared the visuals between the uh, three, and I haven't found a single person who's told me that 2021 is the best looking one. Now, it's the one with the most lingering shots on. It's the yeah. one that's most in love with how it looks, but it's not the most interesting looking version of Dune. It's the I least actually think I, I think the color grading is actually very bad. I think, like, if you watch it this is, movie... It like, is. He, I was hesitant to say it because people say it all the time, but, man, it's it, bad. watching it is bad. Listen, unfortunately, I know people say, mention color grading <laughs> all the time, but the reason that is is because every modern movie has, has horrible color grading, and it's not <laughs> something that was, like, a major problem until now. Like, every movie is super desaturated and looks like shit. I mean, this movie... I, I even want to give Denny V enough, like the like benefit of the doubt and everybody really likes this guy but i'm like man he needs to stop doing these franchise movies and he needs to light a scene like there are some scenes in this where it's so dark you just can't even tell what's happening it's, oh yeah it's, like it's in, just the their, yeah. in the palace yeah and the, Which, by and the way in the palace when you compare, I'm, 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 oh i'm sorry go ahead i i apologize yeah, when you compare like the shots of in the palace and uh, in, in uh, Denny's version versus yep. the two, uh, the two thousand one is no comparison. It's the beautiful. Palace the set is, is a palace. Yeah. The palace is a palace in the two thousand version. In the Denis one, you know, <laughs> I don't know. It's a lot of dark hallways. There's one scene where like I think it was Duncan Idaho is like fighting a bunch of you know uh, Harkonnen soldiers or whatever, and it was in such a small and closed little hallway. I was like, this actually looks like like what you'd expect the Sci-Fi Channel one to look like, but the yeah. Sci-Fi <laughs> Channel one looks better. You know, um, yeah. Oh, yeah. One, one thing I wanted to mention about the Sci-Fi Channel one that I thought was really missing um, from the Denny Villeneuve one is any sense of there being civilians in the world. Oh, yeah. Uh, the Denis one, you know, first of all, they say there's millions of Fremen. We never really get to see that. We only ever see a group of maybe like 20 of them or something like that. Uh, and, but and, the, and I just want to pause like there. That was an opportunity to make the movie more satisfying because if you don't say how many Fremen there are and then Paul finds out at the end yeah. of the movie, holy shit, there's enough Fremen to take back the planet. Now you got to... There's a movie. That's the ending. So we should we should be clear here. I mean, people have seen the movie if they're listening to this. But what the ending is is just like the Paul is is goes with the Fremen and he like has to fight one of the Fremen and he like wins. And oh, well, then they're he like, You're whoa, whoa, a Fremen. Whoa, whoa. I don't want to skip over this. He fights a bad ass looking dude. I forget his name, yeah. but he's been he's played a heavy in and stuff yeah. before. And you have skinny ass, little ass Timothy Chalamet. It does, it's not bad. Doesn't I don't look buy like it. a he don't look like a grown person who can yeah, whoop somebody ass. And, and here's he the thing. Here's the thing. And he or what or he and I the difference between this scene from the book from uh the Lynch version versus uh versus the uh 
the sci-fi version, the fight is easy for Paul, yeah. even though this is the climax yep. of the film. He it's easily weird. defeats him multiple times, it's and weird. then ki- and then he's like, "I don't want to kill him," and he, and he's but he kills him anyway. Like he's tra- it makes him it's it makes really him look weird. clownish and also like brutal in the 2000 version he avoid he he barely is able to beat him he drops his knife the guy picks up the knife comes at him and paul is forced to kill him and he just barely survives it and it's just a much more dramatic scene and that's just like in the middle of the miniseries yeah not the end of a hundred fifty million dollar movie yeah I want to say one scene, though, that I think is really missing is, you know, any sense of what the civilians are like in the in the sci fi channel series. There's a moment when Lady Jessica and and Paul Atreides are like riding in a little carriage up to their new, um, you know, up to their new castle or whatever, you know, Um, and they see the people in the streets and they see the water sellers and we get a sense and we see, you know, that these are the Fremen and they have blue eyes and there's like actual civilization happening out there. This one really felt like I am like, I'm like, is there anyone else in the world other than the Royals and these like 10 Fremen? This is so wild because uh, believe it or not, this movie is about a goddamn messiah. Who is he saving? He doesn't talk to anybody but his mom, and he's mean to her. Who yeah. is he saving? And it is he's such supposed a weird to thing. walk in the streets like Jesus, like, yeah, like I know the that's... Buddha. He's supposed to see the suffering. That is part of Doom. That's what he's fucking referencing. And here's what here's what like Denny enough I think gets wrong, and the writers of this movie get wrong is that even though Dune is long. It does follow like the traditional kind of plot beats. And so the thing to do is not look at the length of it and be like, well, this is the length of a movie. And then this next part is the length of a movie. Like you need to like start making cuts to make it a movie story. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I don't know. I don't care. Like, and, and by the way, even like when we're in Arrakis, you know, before um, before the Harkonnen invade or whatever, I like wasn't even really feeling like we were like building out that much or getting to see that much of like what life is like on Arrakis. No. Um, again, like watching, <laughs> I don't want the whole thesis of this episode just to be like the sci-fi channel one was better, but it's Please. actually really bizarre because it almost goes, they're both so beholden to the source material that there are a lot of like beat for beat the same scene. And when I watch them in the sci-fi one, I'm like, I think they beat them every time. Like yes. <laughs> in this one, there's a weird scene where they're keeping like five um, palm trees alive. Yeah. And he's like, this could like feed a hundred people or something like that. And he's like, should we keep it? And he's like, yes, it's like an honor to have this or whatever in the sci-fi channel one. And in the book, they say the Harkonnens that like had this arboretum oh, to like yes. remind them of home and it's so wasteful and a, and this amount of water could save a thousand people. By the way, the amount of people it could save, we actually have seen their faces. In the new one, we don't have any idea of like who we're talking about when we say yeah. this amount of water could save them. Yeah, that and that and the conservatory in the um Sci-fi one is beautiful. It looks great. It's full of is lush cool. and green. It's these five palm trees outside, <laughs> and the point of the conservatory is that Lady Jessica gets this whole little subplot going on. I mean, she has multiple plots going yeah. on in the actual Doom story. That's not in here. Paul just has a conversation with some guy and that's who's it. supposed to be like Mapes and Jessica and all sorts of like stuff yeah. going on. 
Like you there's no start, sense, by the way, you of could, like you why start... the Harkonnens were worse. You know, yeah. we see that the Harkonnens were mining spice on this planet, and then they left. You know, and then we also see that the Atreides have been, you know, um, sabotaged by the Harkonnens. But yeah, we, we see, see the sabotage, but we don't see the like grift or the yeah. The, we don't the, see the any brutality. of the imperialism, like what they've been doing to like the native people here. Like we just kind of know that there are native people out there, like living underground, a delegation of them comes or whatever but like in the sci-fi channel one and in the actual book like they're kind of living amongst them they like keep them as like servants and shit like that like there's a much better sense of like what it means when these people have come to colonize a world you know yeah there's much more texture to it you i mean mapes is barely in this one you get you don't get to meet um the fremen you don't get to learn about the fremen it's just at all, all the care the characters is just so then and you wonder like i i just for people who don't who have not seen dune what would you think this movie is about why would why would it, timothy chalamet be the messiah of what what is he supposed yeah. to be doing it, now, in like the book Avatar, it is a little bit ambi ambiguous sure. but you still know that like the fremen are oppressed and they are need their freedom and there's some shit going on with the worms like you don't really get I mean anything. it's a Jesus story you know what I mean it's like it's like a classic one of these kind of classic stories like Frank Herbert came up with an absolutely like awesome kind of bunch of world building and came up with uh, a lot of cool history and like a really cool universe for this all to take take place in but this is a really traditional story about like a Christ figure going with like natives and then like going and defeating the like bad guys, you know, yeah. uh, in this one, we don't really see. We see that the Harkonnens are evil because they're like fat and gross and stuff and because they hurt our beloved uh, Leto Atreides. By the way, I think Oscar Isaac too young for Leto Atreides. I thought, oh, it, you too, know, I, I, and I have to say it too short, too. Too short. You gotta, you gotta look at Duke Leto and know that he's Duke Leto. He's like we, William, William Hurt is a Duke Leto. He's yes, perfect yes. as a role. I mean, this, a lot of this movie is just miscast, and the people are doing. The actors are doing their best. They're just like yeah. a lot of people said. Jason Momoa and Josh Brolin should have just switched, switched roles, which I think would yeah. have uh, worked a little bit better. I I have no idea why they thought we would buy that Jason Momoa. And Timothy Chalamet were like friends or like like yeah. peers of some sort, which is so very strange. Funny. Yeah, like, we uh, uh, Paul I, I is think a, it's is just a, a requirement that Jason Momoa be in every Warner Brothers movie. I think it's not possible for them to make one without him at this point. And you know, um, like Timothy Ch Chalamet, Paul is supposed to be like a young guy. Yeah, but he's supposed to be a man too, well, right? Here, like, here's the thing: like he's supposed you know, to be a boy man, like Luke Skywalker, like any of the stars of the CW, a nice boy man who well, you can see as both a boy and a man at the same time. The thing is, here's the thing: he needs to grow. So I'm actually fine with Timothy Chalamet as first act Paul Atreides. You know what I mean? But the movie still needs to end with him like kicking ass and they need to put him <laughs> in like a suit that like makes him look bigger. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't really think this works with the and, and I don't really honestly think he does that much growing or anything. You know what I mean? He's not like petulant or anything. He's just so one note the entire movie. Like he just is like. Kind of like I'm the main character and I have to do it. I have to. There are things, certain things I have to do. Um, but I don't get the sense at all of like, you know, he's learning responsibility or anything like that. I don't get the sense that he's 
you know, uh, uh, growing as a character or really has uh, uh, accomplished or, you know, changed at all. Um, yeah, because he uh, spins the whole movie bossing Jessica around who has nothing going on and she yeah. has to, like, listen to him and you don't get that sense where, like, in the Sci-Fi Channel movie, like, they show, they show you that Paul is smart because he figures stuff out for himself without the adults telling him. But he's, yes, but not he's also ri- still a whiner. He's still yeah, like a whiner yeah. and he's young and he's like, you know, immature or whatever. And like also, we don't get any sense of like that, the, you know, what the whole idea of this is the father dies and the son has to sort of like step into the shoes of the father. You know what I mean? So we never get any sense that he is anything other than a little version of his father the entire time. You know? Yeah, but what, but what I was saying was like you get that sense that. You know, he figures stuff out while being told, but the adults know it, too. Like, he's not, like, figuring this stuff out, like, right. just out of the blue. Like, he's, you know, he's showing, he's he's demonstrating the things that he's learned. I mean, that's the whole point of, like, the first act of the book is just to, to demonstrate all these skills that Paul is supposed to have learned. So that when, by the time he is fighting, getting with the Fremen, we can buy that he's able to survive and thrive, even though he's a little Lord Fauntleroy who's never really experienced anything we're supposed to know that he's gotten some good training some good breeding and also a little bit of prophecy helping him out as well the film this i mean this i really wanted to you know like this one i didn't have and i don't and i don't have a problem with denny villeneuve but if i want i would love to sit down and ask him like why do you make movies what was the point of making another (sighs) dune in 2021 like what were you trying to say to the world with film you know, like a director does, because at this point, what I see with Dillian Villeneuve is just like a less fun version of Paul W.S. Anderson. I kind of agree. And, you know, I feel like there's then even enough like gets away with a lot because people think of his movies as art movies or something like that. But that's not he's doing fucking big blockbuster movies. You know what I mean? And so I, I, I feel like I see these things as flaws. Like if he's not putting together a, a, like a compelling movie story that's satisfying, then that doesn't work for me in a big movie, in a big blockbuster movie. Um, I understand that he wanted to do this as a big franchise. I think it was a major misstep to split this story into two parts, you know, especially when there's like, fucking 24 more books you could adapt you know what i mean like i i i don't know why you made this one and it, it like ended on a beat that like I, I, it's like bizarre the beat it <laughs> ends on you know what i mean it really is it just feels so unsatisfying and so like odd and small and and yeah, I kind of don't think he's going to get to make another one, you know, with with as much resources as this one, you know, you know, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe this will be a huge crossover hit and maybe like, you know, the world of it will intrigue people enough that they'll like want to go and read all the articles about like what all this what everything means in Dune or whatever. But I kind of walk away feeling like. I don't know. Like it's it's a little hollow, and it's it's definitely not satisfying on its own as a film. If you're gonna actually sort of, and I actually, by the way, here's another reason why I think people might, you know, 
general moviegoers might not like it is I don't think it's really been advertised as Dune Part One. Yes, that's the <laughs> title that comes up at the top of the movie, but that's not the title on the billboards. That's not the title in any of the oh. trailers. Like they haven't been advertising. Uncle Joe that this is gonna be mad. One. Uncle Joe Bob gonna be mad when he yeah, sees. Yeah, you walk out of a movie. What the fuck? Have a damn movie. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I feel like a normal person that just buys a ticket having seen like the trailers and the billboards is going to be like, what the fuck? The movie. First of all, that movie was weird. And then it didn't even end. <laughs> hey, YB has something to say right quick. Okay. Oh, What's going oh, on? Hey, how What's you doing, Jack? YB? How are you? I have so much to say about this, but only sure. a little bit today. Um, so you said, who is this movie for? This movie um, is not going to appeal uh, to anyone under the age of 40. I've already done a straw poll at school. No one has ever <laughs> heard of Dune. No one has sure. ever heard of Dune. Uh, maybe by 11th, 12th grade they do. But like you said, who are they making this for? They're trying to get their own little Marvel they're little Marvel uh, tweens and teens into movies again. And the product they have is Dune. Now, they I don't know if Villeneuve actually read the book because, like you said, it ends on a weird note. It's like he hasn't really thought about movie two, three, four, whatever he, he plans to do. Because obviously doing the narrative, uh, Chani's narrative at the beginning is a misstep because they cast a black actress in the role of Chani, but then they realized, okay, well, there's no females in this film, barely represented, and Chani, of course, doesn't appear until the end. So let's put some flashbacks in there and have her narrate the movie. Why is Chani narrating the movie? We don't know that yet by the end of the sec the first movie like that it, it, it's yeah. so quickly it's really put bizarre together. it's yeah. really bizarre it's really bizarre not to introduce the love interest until five minutes before the end of the movie again it's a really traditional movie story you know what i mean like it's like the guy gets it's like very it's almost disney-like it's like yeah. his parents get killed by the bad guys he goes out into the world he learns about himself he falls in love and then he comes back and beats the bad guys like that's, that's the, the art movie. yeah it's yeah, very that's the movie but they see a property that they have the license yeah. for and they want to make it over again. And then they think, OK, well, we have uh, Lady Jessica and we have now uh, Dr. Keynes is going to be the black female character now. And um, and we we hit all the bells and whistles. And Keynes, the character now, they gender swap and waste uh, a race swap Keynes. But Keynes really just does uh, kind just doesn't have a lot to do in the story he's just kind of like there to like move the plot for very yeah. strange character to swap over when you cut out lady jessica who yeah. uh by the way also could have been a woman of color or black why is paul why is paul white why is paul the whitest child to ever live when oscar isaac <laughs> is his dad yeah yeah, yeah the yeah. the mapes character is really disturbed how much they cut her out of the story um, and of course, uh, Ir Irulan doesn't appear, but Irulan is supposed to appear. The whole movie—it's supposed to be one movie, one book, one movie. That's <laughs> what we thought we were getting. But well, I was—I I, I, yeah, I, I think it was a big misstep, and I think it was a lot of hubris actually to to decide to make it a two-parter, especially without um, you know a, a, a commitment that they'll that there will even be a part two. Uh, yeah, they're not going, it's not going to be a big film. No child is seeing it. And I have to ask the question, like, how many more over 50 kind of, I think I'm woke white directors do we need to helm these films, especially remakes? You know, I mean, like he, he, he hasn't written for a female audience in this film or anything other than an audience that is a white 
male under the age of 45. That's who he's written that movie for. And they don't give a shit about Dune. And they don't give a shit <laughs> no, about they Dune. They're care. all watching Marvel now. And, and those kids, they don't know. They want to watch Eternals, but they have no idea what Dune is. Yeah. Um, well, Leslie, I got to go. Well, no. thank you so much, Jack. Thank you so much, YB. That was Struggle Session. Have a Everyone good one. Everyone at home, if you want the Dune story, watch the sci-fi miniseries. Watch it's good. The sci- and Children of Dune, by the way, looks even better. Too. Looks even better. It's good, too. All right, peace. Bye.